You knew he wasn't going to do that, though. Yeah, it wasn't. I don't know why he decided to do it so soon with before getting like concessions or even better, like pressuring pressuring him on Tara Reid. Um, I don't know. Just it's. I knew. Yeah, I knew he wasn't going to do that. I knew he was going to eventually. I just thought he'd wait until the convention, like last time. But I also thought he'd stay in, and I think he would have if it wasn't for coronavirus. And I do understand like the difficult position he's in, because I mean, in the end of the day, Trump is like uniquely dangerous in a lot of ways. Um, which he's showing a lot during coronavirus, um, which I want to talk about because, you know, over the last 40 years, we've produced Bush, Reagan, and Trump, who are arguably like three of the worst presidents. And even Bush and Obama were a lot more prepared for the pandemic than Trump was because he like, you know, they started a pandemic team in what, 2005, I think Bush said something up. And... Obama expanded it, and Trump came in and basically, like, dismantled it. So there is, like, some sort of unique incompetence on that front that I'm sure played a role. And also, I mean, he even said in 2016 for his own supporters to make his own decision. So, you know, they're definitely going to go ahead and do that, which is funny because everyone thinks of, like, the Bernie supporters like a cult, which is the least which is the least true for any candidate. Um, you know, we make fire memes, but we don't do everything he says, you know, or praise him. Or when Bernie does something wrong, you know, says, like takes a wrong position on something, he's just criticized. Like, I remember he criticized Netanyahu once, like, months back, and he was kind of making it seem like the Israeli project was only bad because of Netanyahu. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I just remember him getting roasted for that and other times when he was taking a less than ideal position, he got roasted. So I just think it's funny to hear from people that voted for pretty much any other candidate during the primary as if like, Bernie supporters are going to respect their opinion when there is the clear, clear, obvious best choice on all of the progressive issues they pretend to care about. It wasn't even close. And they're now saying like, oh, what about kids in cages and whatnot? Like, you voted for Biden. He, he did that himself. Like, you have no moral high ground. And it's really hard to like take those people seriously, including those that voted for Warren. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't, I don't know if there's a less serious political person that someone someone that went from Warren to Biden before Bernie dropped out. Like, I don't think there's a less serious person in politics. But at the end of the day, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I think what he was trying to do is, like, he got so much shit from uh, Hillary supporters and just liberals in general uh, after not endorsing Hillary soon enough. And so I guess that's why he would do this now. Like, go ahead and... I mean, he kind of... Yeah, he should have had to get some concessions first, wait a little bit. Like, DSA and all these other organizations 
came out over the weekend saying, you know, we're not endorsing. Have you seen that big, like, picture that, like, put together uh, all these, like, groups saying, I will not endorse Joe Biden? Right. It was, like, a hundred groups and, like, a ton of youth, like, climate groups um, were like, no, we're not doing that. Um, Eats for heresy. Who said she's gonna totally abandon electoral politics, and that she came out as a communist? Ilhan Omar's daughter. Which I believe she's being primary too now. I don't know. I know Talib is. Talib's being primaried, and I saw a poll today that showed her challenger was only like ten percent behind her in a poll, which is concerning because she's the best, and a lot of. You know, the centrist wing of the party is, they hate believe just because she, booed, not because of like any policy, just entirely because she booed Hillary Clinton that one time. It's like, she's disgusting. She booed Hillary Clinton. When, when they were talking about Hillary Clinton, who was talking about how nobody likes Bernie. And then people started booing because she was wrong like you saying that about bernie has like the best favorability of anybody in congress hillary clinton like notoriously low even more so than biden even though i i don't, I, I don't I know just, about that i don't anymore. know why i don't know he's beating trump in the polls pretty good um she was beating i still don't trump think he can win though too true he's gone up lately um well that's because how fucking bad Trump has blundered this fucking uh, pandemic. Like, how badly right. his response has been. True. Yeah. Um, he'll always have his base, too. So I don't see them jumping off ship. Um, I've been getting into a lot of arguments online with people that are trying to spread that conspiracy theory that China created it in the lab. You know, I don't know if you heard that's it's been yeah yeah it's been floating around for a while. Um, those people are so stupid. We talked about it last week too, though. Like China's just saying that the that the U.S. Army created this shit too. Like they're doing the same like like bullshit propaganda. Right. They'll just come out and say that the U.S. did it, and it's like both of well, them sound equally yeah. as plausible. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. I would say the military. I would say what China said is more reasonable. Mm, probably, yeah. I mean, they're not saying that the U.S. did it as like some nefarious biochemical weapon. They're just saying like, oh, they had, they were sick and they spread it. Um, but the conspiracy theory coming out of like far right MAGA or even like dumbass vegans is that China, um, you know, created it in a lab and is uniquely evil country in that they would want to unleash that on the world. And now they're, which also fits in with their other lines that every time China helps another country, which is they're helping more people than anyone by far, it's not even close, including us with aid or sending doctors like almost everywhere. They think of that as, they just dismiss that as propaganda. Which I don't think that the country's getting that help is gonna remember it that way. You know? When it's all said and done, they're not gonna be like, oh, China only helped us when we were desperate because we absolutely, you know, for propaganda, for control. 
um, whether that's true or not, they're not going to remember it that way. They want their desperate countries that need help. And the U.S. is, on the other hand, telling people not to accept it or not to accept help from Cuba, uh, who's sending their doctors everywhere, um, including over Europe and our allies. And China's also helping a bunch of our allies. They're helping. They're in Japan. They're everywhere. You know? Right. They sent a ton of supplies to New York. Um, the response from the international community is not going to remember the United States is handling it is better than China. China has been doing much better work on a moral front and just in general, as far as helping the international community and the U.S. is stepping up sanctions on Iran, Venezuela, and Cuba. Um, I think Trump's added like 700 sanctions on uh, Iran since he took over. Um, and he's still trying to up, like they, they want this, they're happy this is happening to Iran. You know, they don't have any motive to help them. Like Trump's long wanted to go to war with Iran. That Michael Brooks show that you told me to listen to, they're talking a little bit about China and just how China's kind of playing the the long term game. Like America's all concerned with like kind of like the short term and maintaining control over people in that way, but China's like, you know, when everyone's doing like austerity measures, China's giving. Uh, countries things away for free loan. they're giving them loans too, like like no or low interest loans so they're giving things away for free they are playing that long-term game and they are definitely winning there's no oh, doubt it's about it not, it's not even close and they have been for a while and that's not like an endorsement of the Chinese government who I think is in just a much more successful capitalist country than the United States and they've been growing at a rate of like three times we have for years now and um china what the way people are going to remember it is you know china was there for them as far as like superpowers go and you know it's been long like a theory of a lot of people in politics that you know there's going to be a geopolitical struggle and there's going to be you know china becoming, you know, possibly the global superpower in, in like 10 years, but it might be even closer now. Right. They say that the pan pandemic might have uh, sped that up a few years. Right. Which is, you know, it seems like inevitable, especially with the collapse of the neoliberal era uh, in the U.S. But China has a, you know, unique form of government. Um a much more brutal, like, kind of free market in some ways. But then also, they have gotten more people out of poverty at the same time than anywhere else at a rap more rapid pace than anyone else. And they also do things like, you know, Gillette, that health insurance company, that they wanted to go to take China to court because they didn't want China to get their hands on a vaccine that they might make because they know China would give it away for free to other countries in the global south and wherever. Whereas, you know, health insurance companies in the United States up here, you know, want to charge shit tons of money. That's just another way of 
kind of looking better than the United States. And regardless of how, you know, they're authoritarian and have there's a lot of human rights and civil rights issues, especially within China, the way that they treat the rest of the world, um, Americans that are like so quick to judge them are not looking at the whole picture. You live in the most evil country in the world. It's not even close. Like China can't compare in any way on an international level. There's it's 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 not even close. You know what I mean? Like the way we militarily engage the world and control the world in like an ex exploitative way. China doesn't do that in the same way they do. I mean, they that's they do, but it's not even close, you know. When's the last time China was in a war? That's that's the thing that people always come back to. Right. I mean, they go around different measures, but they they find different measures of control. But oh, definitely. But the U.S. is the uniquely sanctioning countries that you know the U.S. has branded as evil or enemies of the state, um, especially places like Venezuela, which is so random when Obama made, basically made them an enemy in 2015 um, and branded them as like a narco state. just so randomly. While at the same time, one of our biggest allies in South America, Colombia, is the number one trafficker of cocaine to our country with like 90% of the world's cocaine, and we consume the vast majority of that. And yeah, it's just so hypocritical. Like they, they got $15 million head, or $15 million on Maduro's head for cocaine trafficking, which is just so insane and such an obvious, like prerequisite to go to war. I, I haven't been paying attention to what's been happening in Venezuela in the last week. Has anything um, new come up, or is it just kind of... No, no. Maduro last week sent, like, a letter to the working... to the people of the U.S., you know, saying how... Pretty good letter, like, saying how, you know, we don't want to go to war with you guys. We don't think of you guys as, like, the enemy, but the government has put us in a bad place. And, you know, all these sanctions have caused, like tons of damage to their average people there and you know i think the un or some outside watchdog uh estimated that it has cost like forty thousand lives just alone from the sanctions itself like they can attribute it to the sanctions so you know they're not just targeting the government officials there they're targeting everyday people there and the poor always get hit the most and they're doing this at a time when Maduro is taking a very um, kind of worker-friendly stance during Corona. You know, he's, he's paused rent um, for six months. He the moratorium on, um, you know, he he's, he absorbed the costs and wages of like small businesses. You know, he's doing all of these things that go up against like big business interests in his own state, but also against the global capitalists interest so that's very um you know interesting timing there he's taking a much more kind of anti-capitalist stance in his response whereas everyone else is well at least the u.s is going in the opposite direction right 
protecting big businesses and letting, you know, working class folks just kind of fend for themselves. Did you see that Forbes article that I sent you? Uh, what was it again? It was um, the one that says Americans are excessively eating, drinking, smoking pot, playing video oh, games, yeah, and yeah, watching yeah. porn while quarantined. Yeah, I, haven't, yeah. I haven't read anything up other than the title, but uh, it's tight. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, that sounds sounds great. I've been I've been drinking a whole lot. Yesterday was actually the first day that I didn't have a drink in like like a week and a half. Um, but when I've been drinking, I've been eating a shit ton, so I don't feel like super drunk, and I can't physically put down any more alcohol because i my stomach's too full yeah i've been just kind of i'm banning myself from social media for a while because i've just been like dude just looking doom and gloom on there so um it's just unproductive i'm just so fucking like pissed off every time i like go on facebook so i just have to like stay off there I think even worse, I think Facebook's probably the worst for, like, political opinions or political talk in general. Worst opinions. Yeah, I don't know what is up with it, but Facebook is uniquely terrible um, as a social media platform for politics. And I just think it's funny that with all these people out there now, like, they should be begging. Like, there's so many... Democratic voters that were for Biden that are, you know, like hardcore moderates that are basically saying, you know, they will never let us take over the party. So it's like, all right, well, then don't get pissed off when we don't vote for you. Yeah, we don't vote for you. You know, I think Bernie went about as far as you could um, as a leftist in electoral politics we all thought he'd win and then obama just had to had to step in so i i don't think that holding obama in a high light anymore is a, an acceptable political position i think that if you say something like oh he did what he could without obstruction you know with an obstructionist republican opposition it's just totally false and it's not even true for the first, first two, years. two years yeah the first and two years not even bailed out the banks like right and he had a majority and he didn't even push for like you know single payer or like a universal health care in general he consulted with insurance industries before he won like he was awful it, it, it could be also be true at the same time that obama was probably the least shittiest president in the last 40 years during the neoliberal era but that is like uniquely one of the worst eras. That's it's the lowest bar. The, yeah, he might. Yeah. So who who else is there? Like the Bushes, Trump, Clinton, Clinton. Like, it's really not really saying much about him, just because we grew up with all these shitheads. Like, I have zero respect for Barack Obama. I'm I'm he's an enemy. I fucking hate him, and I think that any Bernie supporter that's doesn't think that is lying to himself or is like just loves to be publicly owned he's he's an enemy of the left and he always has been 
he used a lot of us to get there um, and then totally abandoned any sort of progressive populist movement. He started, you know, he was really bad on foreign policy. He was really bad on working class issues. He was totally bought and paid for. And he, I mean, not to mention, he destroyed like the Democratic Party, all the seats he lost. Um, they were totally only focused on him while focused on no one else. And it's why there's nobody in the House or the Senate, you know, towards the end of his presidency. I mean, a lot of that has to do with like the Tea Party coming to power and things like that, which is, could you, you could say is a, a, a direct response to a black man being president but at the same right. like there there is some racism in there for sure but i oh no doubt about it but he capitulated to them before oh yeah he capitulate to us so i think that he was you know he represented you know kind of a elitist he didn't care for working class people no it's like it's the same model that's going to be used in the 2020 election with Biden is the same model that he used, which is let's try to get white suburban former Republicans to vote for us. That's their whole fucking strategy that they've been using for years and years and years. Like, don't worry. We've got, we've got like the black vote, right? We've got, uh, the minority votes, the people that will like, show up which is not true it's, it's not, not true it's for not, latinos it's not true, at all right yeah they would have showed up for bernie now they're probably gonna go to for trump but right i mean there is like a lot of kind of conservative older black democrats that would never vote for the republican party that's true and they're pretty conservative like you know church going people um and it is true that you know they weren't really interested in left-wing politics but that's not true for the younger generation the younger generation still are in you know with bernie and in general people under 40 are with bernie and like the future definitely does look bright i mean when you're talking about the older generations you're talking about boomers a generation that when they were young got reagan in they were fucking young like at their most ideal stages you know their ideal leader when you're young yeah your ideal thoughts um you know when you're in college and you're fucking voting for reagan you know you're helping put him in there that's like a a uniquely terribly brainwashed generation in the sense that they feel they they blame everybody else whenever anything goes wrong while at the same time acting like they didn't have it so much easier than the rest of us you know, like they call millennials entitled without realizing how much easier they had it. Did you see, did you listen to the Chapo bonus episode where Will has um, Brian from Street Fight on? Where they talk about the PMRC? Yeah, yeah, with uh, Tipper Gore. Yeah, yeah that dude. Was, that was interesting. It's so, I mean, I, I've like, I've like, seen things read things and like listen to things about the pmrc but they do a really really good job of going like in in detail into it and just uh yeah it's fucked because like will's like these are like the wives of people who are doing 
the evil shit, right? Like these are the people, um, I guess like one of the, the wives, uh, with Tipper Gore was a guy who was in the Bush, maybe Reagan and Bush, uh, cabinets. And these are like the people that were like, you know, introducing crack cocaine into America and shit like that. And, uh, starting wars and like the Iran Contra scandal, they were doing purely evil shit. And then the, back home they can go ahead and say things like oh you know what these people aren't moral because twisted sister has uh some gender bending uh in their videos and they're fucking you know singing shout at the devil you know like a motley crew it's like it's absolutely ridiculous if you take a look at that at in detail it's just absolutely insane but it's a really good episode. Check it out. Anyone who hasn't listened to it. Yeah, no, that was interesting too because that was during, yeah, like the eighties, right? Yeah, eighty five. And that was, and that was like Democrats thing. Well, Tipper Gore was a Democrat, but the other lady who was doing it with her was a Republican who was in like the Bush. Right. Area. But yeah, like I mean, I'm saying like it was a mainstream position for Democrats as well as Republicans, like. Oh yeah, the that whole, sort of social conservatism. The whole country was right. way more conservative, right? Well, yeah, that's. I mean, that's kind of a, a point that you know, even like ten, fifteen years ago, the whole country was so much more conservative. But like, regardless of what you know, Bernie giving up, I think it it is a mistake to say that you know, to cancel him or whatever. He nobody has done more to advance like socialist thought in this country in modern history or like ever in the United States because he's woken up like so many people and just by his rhetoric and just by the way he's shaped like helped shape young people's minds they're much more radical than he is and I think that speaks to you know how significant his run was um, I'm not going to say it was like a successful run at the end of the day, but he definitely inspired people to be way more radical, including more radical than him, than kind of like how he was before. He's a gateway. He's a gateway to kind of just leftist politics, right? So he makes all of these things seem so much more feasible. And then people can take it from there. And that's one of the things that's like encouraging is that the movement doesn't just stop here. I think um, a lot of people and I, I guess all of us have to kind of think, how do we move forward? Because uh, I don't know. I would say join your local BSA, um, start going to meetings with them find out different ways to organize. That's uh, I think BSA is it's got a good future for sure. That's a good way to um, go. And and I think that um, it's also important to realize that Bernie wasn't ever actually a real socialist. He was a social democrat. Um, but that doesn't mean that he didn't advance like so like he I believe he was much more of a socialist in his youth or even like his early days. Uh, mayor like he occasionally even 
in this campaign advocated for, I would say, probably, you know, socialist policies. Um, and, but he never wasn't, he never was out there being like, means of production is ours, belongs to the people, you know. But he did, he was being tactical at the same time, I think, too, in knowing that there's always going to be somewhat of a limit in the U.S. like electrical politics system. Um, and he took about it as far as he could. And he probably would have won if there was no intervention from Obama, which his aides now admit, like last week there's a political article that said, you know, Barack Obama wins the Democratic primary, where his aides basically admitted that, you know, the days that Klobuchar and Pete dropped out, Obama did talk to them. And he was also occasionally intervening in the primary saying like, oh, you know, don't fall for like the left populism, like we're Democrats, we're not socialists. And so fuck him. Fuck him. I'm Yeah, okay. fuck him forever. So much hate for Barack Obama. <laughs> like um, you don't have to like I understand the the temptation to defend him, which like if you're defending him against a right winger, absolutely defend him. Um if they're being racist, but shouldn't be defending him anymore if like when he's in nothing but like an abusive kind of like being in an abusive relationship like super manipulative yeah super manipulative and you know we all tried and really wanted to like him like we already tried that and it didn't work out and he didn't want it anyways and his legacy i think needs to be destroyed because he's still thought of as like you know the most powerful democrat i saw someone today like being like, oh, I wish we had like Obama in charge of this pandemic, and I'm like, ah, oh, fucking hell. So, yeah, enough with what? the romanticizing. Like, open up, open up the exchanges so I can pay like six hundred dollars a month for insurance. Yeah, I want him here too. Like, in at the end of the day, if, if Biden brings back the individual mandate, and I have to get health insurance and pay for it, I'd be losing more money. Like, the individual mandate is fucking bullshit. You're going to force people to pay for something that hardly covers shit and is very expensive and then fine them if they don't do that? How is that, like, a working-class position? That's such a right-wing solution. That's where Biden's going to go, right? He's going to go to... He already said he'd bring back the individual mandate and that he would, um, you know, expand Obamacare or make Obamacare it good again at whatever that means it was never good it was always a shit it was, no it was always shit as a huge handout to the insurance companies and now they're more powerful powerful than ever and it's going to make it harder for us to get single payer and that's obama's fault yeah i mean the pandemic has really shown the need for universal health care i mean i th- but instead they're going the opposite way right no like they they definitely show the need for these things, but then they do the exact opposite. Well, people are trying to roast Brianna Joy Gray because she said that people, you know, not just people who are suffering from coronavirus should, you know, be covered, but all people should be covered. People who die from cancer should be covered. Their parents. Uh, their... Oh yeah. We talked about that last week. Um, no, but she's been getting roasted 
for like every post that she does like could she still being critical of biden um she's still talking about tara reed she's you know she even said today that she's not going to enforce him and trying to push him further on medicare for all and she's she hasn't been she's been pretty relentless and tons of like celebrities and like other people have been getting super pissed off at her and it's been pretty interesting to watch especially uh you know like yvette nicole brown yeah from community yeah yeah she's you know uh just being totally condescending and awful to her and she's what i was talking about before she's a warren to buy she's a warren to biden voter so yeah i don't know if there's an opinion i respect less um out there but yeah no she's great i was super stoked when the campaign hired her i think that was like their best one of their best hires most exciting hires because she was you know current affairs and then she got hired by the intercept because they're so impressed with her she had like she hasn't had that long of a career in journalism she was like a lawyer i think until like 2015 and then she started writing for current affairs and then the intercept like fell in love with her and hired her and then she was always like a big um diehard socialist and was really pumped to, for bernie to run again so i'm not surprised they hired her but when they did i was very stoked and i think she's got a a bright future to say the least well but i think one thing that's great about brianna joy gray now too is that now that bernie's like out of the race she doesn't have to hold back at all as being like a campaign staffer right oh yeah she did say that she's like now that uh off man it's great now she's like now that i'm off i don't have to um you know i can drop the democratic part from socialism because it is a redundant term, right? Like inherently socialism is democratic. Even calling yourself like a democratic socialist is kind of like capitulating to a right-wing or capitalist worldview that socialism is anti-democratic when that's just not the case. It's inherently democratic. It's kind of, it's a weird thing, right? Right, and adding the democratic part to it just kind of make it does make it sound softer like in a bad way too it's like i mean it's more like saying like you're a social democrat right? i mean like, you wonder but it's it's very understandable at the same time right because you want to stand out from like leaders of the past like stalin right. you know rightfully you want to want to differentiate yourself from that but i don't think you need to do so in that way you could say like you know he wasn't doing socialism he was doing state capitalism like brutal authoritarianism that's not the ideal socialism. Like when Alendi won in Chile, they weren't, I don't think they were calling themselves democratic socialists, even though they were doing it democratically. You know what I mean? It's still a capitulation at the end of the day. Like just stand by your socialism because it's inherently democratic. No, it's fine. I mean, I totally get it either way. Like DSA is like, I think that it was smart for them like as an organization starting in the u.s when they did um because obviously it was such a bad word right so you had to put that in there but there's even pictures from i think like the 70s with bernie like standing next to like the president of the communist party usa like it 
it's not inherently bad, but there are organizations that are, you know, go by, you know, consider themselves communists that you still defend some of the worst people like in the last like century, right? So you do want to also, it's complicated because you still want to differentiate yourself from them too. And there has been like such like a so much damage done to like you know boomers like minds to their psyche about socialism right like they hear the word socialism and they fucking like melt down and so right so this i mean it it does do a good job but like you have that same problem right people are still calling bernie sanders and people of the dsa fucking like communist and like like comparing them to the Soviet union um i kind of yeah i i i agree i think people should um continue to push the push things farther left and you know using the term socialist on its own or communist or communist on its own and painting a picture of what the world would look like um as you know a socialist or you know a communist society so like i think that's one of the the biggest things and i think a lot of young people can see that they can imagine a world that is you know communist or that is socialist and they can see it being implemented and done in a way that is more equal um, and more fair for everyone so yeah like a decentralized power like a peop- an actual people's movement that you know leads to a more ideal actual ideal communist world that isn't you know purging people and right there are else <laughs> yeah sending people oh. to the gulags and shit you know right i yeah i think that i think that is like a big struggle that like we still have to to work on to well i think that the way to do that though isn't just to necessarily talk about all of the negative and you know failure communist movements that have been brutal in the past but you have to talk about the current capitalist system that's brutal in its nature um, because that gets overlooked on a regular basis. And nobody talks about like the sanctions that the U.S. puts on Venezuela or Iran or Cuba that literally leads to loss of human life. And the idea that, you know, every fucking death ever um, under a regime in communism gets blamed for a victim by the victims of communism, which is like this bullshit organization that's now trying to put coronavirus deaths in their, ta- in their tally, victims of communism. Oh, no trying to shit. put coronavirus out to to linked to yeah linked to like the Chinese you know Communist Party, which is bullshit yeah. in itself. Um, to say that you know they're basically pushing the theory that China did this deliberately, and like it didn't come from nature, uh, which is the most logical. Um, yeah, like the open air, uh, the open markets, right? Like um, the uh... right. I don't think anyone Animal knows that though. Right. So I, I mean, right. I, I'm not saying that, but like that, that seemed that's where you know we've got like we had like swine flu and all of these other types of like illnesses that have kind of come from uh, like animal agriculture kind of things. Like, that. did you listen to did you listen to that system update episode with uh, Greenwald? 
I didn't. No, not yet. What Me is either. Uh, no, but you had Edward Snowden on and like Andre uh, Promet, Joe jo Myers, um, and then Cassie King, who's from Direct Action Everywhere. Oh yeah, yeah. Pretty, like a pretty like uh, extreme. Yeah, I know. Uh, animal rights. Yeah. yeah, and they're like they're friends with Greenwald. He's like spoke at a lot of their events, and he like. They were even the ones that interrupted Bernie. Like some of them were in direct action everywhere. Mm. Um, so they kind of do some questionable shit, but at the same time, they do some of the most like hardcore shit. Like as far as like infiltrating factory farms and getting, you know, footage out of there, or straight up like rescuing pigs from what like Costco factory farms and trying to make like they do. They have been like. They put themselves on the line, so like I mean, I do have some respect for them, even if they have had some questionable uh, tactics sometimes. Mm, yeah. As far as an organization goes, I don't know enough about them to like speak. They're like the ALF. Like I mean, like is the ALF really a thing anymore? I think maybe they've just kind of morphed into direct action everywhere. Like. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, like, and they, they, I mean, and they, I know that they've, like, spoken out against, like, PETA and shit like that, and a lot of them that were in direct action everywhere were like, you know, I really like Bernie Sanders and all this stuff, I just wish he would take, you know, factory farming seriously and, like, animal rights seriously, but I think that, that, you know, he's the type of person that they want to work with, not... Like, they want to work with the left, you know? They don't have, like, some sort of shitty, just like, oh, if you're vegan, you're good. Right. Sort of philosophy, like, kind of pretty much every other big vegan organization, like, Vegan Outreach or, like... Uh, Mercy for Animals. Or... Mercy for Animals, like, praising, like, Saudi princes and shit like that, or just hating on China relentlessly, um, you know? They seem a little bit more respectable, but I would definitely want to check that out. He had uh, Snowden on, and I think the first episode he had Liz Franzak and Kyle Kalinske on. I'm sure that was pretty good. Tight. What have you been doing lately? Other than, you know, getting mad on the internet. Yeah, I'm done with that. Um... I've been working a lot, actually. I'm getting, like, six days a week now because more people are taking off. And it's been pretty easy at work, so I'm just, like, taking hours while I can. Um, It's not like I can do much at home anyways, except for, like, read or watch movies or get online, get mad online. You know, I'm going to stop doing that. I've been pretty cringe on, on the... On Facebook? In the comment section. Yeah, I've been pretty cringe. I've been getting into, like, arguments. Uh, I mean, it's mainly people that are spreading that lab shit. I'm like, if you're going to spread this shit, I hope you're on the front lines when we go to war with China. And I hope China rules over you someday. Fucking. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I've been trying to... Like, there's a nuclear... Yeah, I don't want to go into, like, a nuclear or, like, a cold war with China. For everyone that's agitating for that fucking stop there's better ways to i'm not that's that's not an enforcement of the chinese government but take 
take your own government accountable first before you fucking start listening, start um, automatically believing everything negative you hear about China. Because there's so much propaganda against them, like on a world stage. Like, there's obviously real shit that they do that's bad, but there's also like tons of propaganda because there's so much at stake there. I don't know, like they use that that hatred against them as propaganda. Exactly. Like they'll be like, Oh well the Americans are just racist and it's like and then that will at the end of the day makes it harder for those of us that care about like for instance the Uyghur the Uyghurs. The Uyghurs, yeah. Um, that makes that harder and then China can dismiss that as propaganda when that's a legitimate concern. But if you start believing every single negative thing you hear about China just because, you know, that doesn't help your cause either. And there's, I mean, there's there's a lot going on there. And I'm still not even sure. I haven't done enough uh, research on, like, the Hong Kong protests. But I do know that there's, like, a really far-right element to the Hong Kong protests. Oh, yeah. a little concerned. Because they're always, like, holding American and British flags. And I'm just like look right as president trump and like ted cruz is going out there and it's like holy fuck maybe they're not right <laughs> like maybe a lot of them aren't right you know i think that there's yeah like the there's the different factions and then there there are going to be kind of like the the right wing side of things that happen but i think right and i guess they said that was the with the yellow vest too like i still would support them but i still support the overall um idea of it right but i don't believe everything that they say either i mean like the yellow vests and i think uh, maybe hong kong to a lesser extent but like the yellow vests as well as like protests in chile are like a response and um a rejection of neoliberal policies that have kind right of, like, haunted so that's gonna them, have so. both yeah so that's going to have extremists on both sides. But I think in France, they've done a really good job of, like, kicking out the far right from their protests. Um, and not to mention, just in general, they're just way more leftist in France. Right. And, like, Socialism is a bookie word for them. Yeah, right? their firefighters, their firefighters, firefighters are walking around with, like, uh, hammer and sickle flags and, you know, straight up fighting the cops yeah. in the streets. And it's like, fuck you, you're not going to stand in solidarity with me, then I'm going to fucking start throwing rocks at you with all these angry mob. (laughs) Yeah, it's (laughs) fucking great. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so the U.S., uh, I know Americans love to hate on the French for being cowards or whatever, but I don't think we could do that. But why? But why? I mean, like, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. I think it's just kind of like a trendy thing. Cheese eating surrender monkeys, but it's like they're fucking they're like literally like flipping cop cars and fucking fighting the police. They're they also if you know, they have like a what, like a thirty six hour, thirty four hour work week, something like that. And if someone gets fired they just strike and shut down. Like, right. Like they've been relentlessly going up against neoliberalism and they're so much further left than we are politically, like as a whole country. You know, like, they are rejecting, like, neoliberal rollbacks. But they were already pretty, like, they have a lot of public... I, I think I, I remember reading, like, a year or two ago, France has, like, 22%, like, public uh, uh, 
public employment, right? To like for the government. And Venezuela only has 18% because, you know, in a lot of these like Latin American socialist countries, they were so fucking farther right in the first place before they had their revolutions, you know? So like the way that they're walking back, they're trying to, you know, implement more socialism. They're it's such a, a longer path to get there because of how extreme like capitalism ravaged them in the first place. Right, they had different starting points. Whereas your European countries are a little bit more lucky because you know the Latin American countries have been like you know basically fucked over by capitalist resources for forever. So, um, yeah, it's just a. Uh, like when you talk about Venezuela and you say like oh they're like like they're not even close to where they want to be and they have you know they and still have the big business interests that are in the country operating and they're operating op- up openly against them and even them the ones that aren't in Juan Guaido's like group they don't want the U.S. to come in and fucking you know overthrow Maduro they want to do it their own way only Juan Guaido's like kind of following both wants that. Right? And I that's another reason why I think Maduro they put that on Maduro because Maduro was starting finally starting to go with uh forward and criminalizing Juan Guaido, which is like insanely overdue. Like he tried to basically assassinate him and like overthrow the military and get like a bunch of military defectors and like I can't believe the guy's allowed to run free if it, if it was some horrible you know just awful authoritarian country you know right but they they know that there's so many outside forces at at play here and we push them to that because if you look at you know other Latin American countries that have tried to do it and like play more nice by by the rules, like Allende, they fucking, you know, overthrow, overthrow them. So that you're leading to that. You're leading to like, if you just let socialists be, see how they can operate and work with them, you would see that it could work, you know, but there's never, there's always going to be that paranoia when we have global capitalism and that's going to lead to you know, socialist leaders that might end up doing some bad shit because they are paranoid and they, you know, are always at risk of being overthrown, right? So that outside pressure is, like, needs to always be mentioned as, you know, a reason for why shit went down the way it did. Right, that's like, I hate the argument that everyone's like, well, look at there's ne- never been like a successful socialist uh, experiment or whatever people will say. It's like the social experiment has always failed. And I'm just like, that's because capitalism has never allowed it to flourish. But it's just cl- it's also just clear that they don't understand like what socialism is because you really can't like, you know, totally have the ideals of socialism when you're when you have a global capitalist economy, right? So the idea that, you know, even Chavez, when he had the revolution in Venezuela, he still allowed 
the, you know, oligarchs to maintain some sort of power, right? And there's always deals being made with the capitalist class because they have, they know that these big business interests out, will always work with like the global capitalists and oligarchs from outside the country, which they know will have a huge effect on the way they do anything. So they have to capitulate to them. And it's such a like hard um, tactic. Like you don't know what to do in that situation because you don't want to just start purging everyone, right? Right. Or, or putting them in prison. But at the same time, you can't allow them to operate as business as usual. So like, what do you do? Like, that, like the reason why like a lot of people think there was like a Venezuelan, you know, major opposition years later was because they allowed those people to keep power and they were, you know, undermining the government the whole time. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just a, it's just a fucking bad, another bad faith argument about people make about why we shouldn't have mild social reforms. Cause that's like, that's like the worst thing about it. It's like, Oh, I just want to, have free healthcare and they're like you know what socialism has never fucking worked it's like so you can't have free healthcare and it's just like uh, right that's i mean and i'm not one of those people that says like oh you know libraries and police and firefighters equals socialism you know just because the government does it but at the same time when it comes to like healthcare, that is totally like a socialist ideal that's not abolishing private insurance is a socialist way of doing healthcare. And most people would agree that that's the best way to do it. If you look at like the, even like all the other global capitalist countries, they moved to that a long time ago. Yeah. People shouldn't be able to, you know, have to choose between living and paying, you know, bills. You shouldn't, those are the, I mean, those are the people that, I mean, like, we're going to have to figure out what we do with those people. And, like, there needs to be a path towards, I don't know, like, what, what, what do we do with private insurance? Re-education camps. <laughs> Send the people to yeah. re-education camps. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, a, a nicer one. It'll be, <laughs> it'll be a little, it'll be a little bit nicer in uh, past movements, but right, like they do in some ways do need to, you know, come back to Jesus and to, <laughs> in some ways they do need to like realize that, yeah, you know what, maybe I have like had a totally exploitative uh, career my whole life and, you know, I'm in a business that shouldn't even exist, you know, if we're going to have a society in general. Right. Like, you know, you, you don't believe in society, you're Margaret Thatcher, then yeah, you definitely need to go uh go away. Yeah. Um it just needs to be said that like people shouldn't be making money. I wanna like essential services has taken on such a, a new meaning in uh in the past like month or two. Uh, but like certain like essential services shouldn't be 
people shouldn't be making profit off of certain essential services. Like people shouldn't necessarily be making profit off of education. Um, people shouldn't necessarily be making profit off of health insurance. These are these are things that housing, housing, housing as well. They are they are a right, and by making profit off of them, that means that you know you kind of have like this power relationship and you can you can give a shittier service to people who can't pay for right it, right well that's that's why this response like in the coronavirus like stimulus bill like it's interesting how government really wants to maintain like that kind of relationship like between employer and um employee or between like landlord and renter you know they bailed out you know they're putting moratoriums on evictions or mortgage but and they're kind of hoping that it trickles down to renters but ultimately they don't care because they at the end of the day they still want to make like the renters reliable relied on like the landowners or like the employee relying on the employer even though you know what, like 10 million people lost their jobs and don't have health insurance anymore. But they still want that to be in it's place. Like and they're always million. going to want, yeah, and they're always going to want that to be in place. So they would sacrifice like 16 million people having insurance to keep that kind of relationship going because that's the ultimately like fundamental uh, policy of capitalism. Like you need to have that relationship with the working class. You can't be you know, capitulating to them in any way, giving them any power, even giving them more like socially democratic powers like that were given to a lot of Americans during like the FDR era. Um, and that was totally destroyed by Reagan. You know, it's just going towards less and less dem democratic and, you know, we're going more and more into a republic um, I guess we always have been a republic, but they're really trying to erode like any sort of democracy. And the idea that anyone should pledge allegiance to like a republic when they don't have any say is ridiculous. And like the United States needs to be like basically destroyed as we know it. Throw out the Constitution. Keep some of the yeah. The con parts. Fuck the Constitution. Yeah, there's still good parts, and there's still stuff to learn from some of those people. But at the end of the day, we shouldn't be still praising even like Jefferson or any of those fucking assholes that were, you know, slave owners and like helped, you know, pressured other countries into not giving up slavery early on. Like, uh, Jefferson, like 1803, you know, pressured Haiti, who was about to like abolish slavery, into not doing it. You know, these are not good people that you should be like, oh, our founders wanted it this way. Like, oh, no, actually, our founders only had that constitution only applied to white landowning men. Yeah. Like a very small. They didn't believe in that for most of the people. And it was not even just like, you know, poor whites, too. They didn't give a shit about them. They always wanted like an exploitative relationship. And they only give, give a shit about people with land. And. They're all slave owners. I mean, that should be enough right there, right? Like, right. Yeah. yeah. What, there was there's plenty of other countries that had abolished slavery, and I don't know. It's the Constitution. Yeah, has some good stuff in it, but 
but at the same time it gets twisted like it wasn't meant for all these people even like the second amendment right the second amendment folks for everyone to have a fucking gun or like to protect themselves especially it definitely wasn't meant to rise up against the government if they got too you know powerful it was meant to rise up against the british in case they invaded they didn't have a standing right, exactly. army or is rise or it was given because um to keep to kill indians you know like you freely kill native americans or to keep slaves in line those are like the main three reasons the second amendment was became about it was nothing nothing about like freedoms right right and the idea that we'd want, we think that's the, you know, the most free thing in the country sucks ass. Like, I, I, I wish we could have, like, health care or, like, housing in the Constitution instead. Like, right. But at the same time, it's the country we're living in. And I do think that almost every leftist that's, like, willing to should get a gun. No, definitely. I mean, like, um, do you have a gun? You can't have a gun, can you? I don't know. No, I can now. Um, I think it's like five years after you institutionalized, you can have a gun. Okay. Um, yeah. So if you ever institutionalized, I think I got to look it up again, but I'm pretty sure I can now. And I have gone to like a range before, but um, I, I don't have like my FOID card or whatever. Because you can just go to the range without a FOID card. Oh, really? Here. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, you could just like it rent. Is, uh, it is wild to me that that's the case. Like, uh, oh, it's so easy. Yeah. Oh, and it'd be so easy for me to buy a gun, even if uh, you know I couldn't get one. Right? It'd be insanely easy. Yeah, I get, I get that. You know, the what the gun show loophole and shit like that. I mean, I don't know. Well, yeah, you no, could I... just buy from a a person, you know, a friend or someone a friend of a friend it's so easy like there doesn't need to be any documentation right that that is absolutely ridiculous but yeah i mean oh, like, it's insane that's because of everyone's misinterpretation of the second amendment or just totally manipulative um read of it that but now it's too late almost to do anything about it right like what the fuck do you do about it you can't just confiscate people's weapons like that's not gonna work i mean i guess you could but that would require like a sort of military response which would probably end up making it worse yeah definitely i don't i don't i do think they should make it you know so that background checks are more of a thing but yeah other other than that i mean i'm not really sure what you can do registration of guns like i mean like here in japan like you know like we talked a little bit about before but the but the crime rate is so low and there's like a, a pretty rigorous like background check and training that you have to do to own a gun here and you also have to like you have to ke- i don't know if you have to keep it or if you can even keep it in your house but if you do have it in your house i think you have to have like these like you know ridiculous safes and so like there's so many fucking like hoops to jump through here but then you also have like six uh, like gun related deaths a year like six in a country of like 127 million people or whatever how many people live here that's insane that's but, like yeah. every hour here yeah <laughs> yeah probably even more than that right i mean i think uh 
I saw some I saw a meme the other day that was like we did it no uh no no mass no school, mass, shootings, mass yeah. school shootings for all of uh in a, for a month yeah yeah that's so fucking dark yeah um, that's <laughs> I was like oh it's so my depressing god that's ridiculous but you know but it seems like even the like those movements that um became that were born out of like Florida uh, Stoneman Douglas or whatever with like David Hogg and yeah. Emma Gonzalez like they it doesn't seem like they've really gone anywhere you know what I mean because they don't really have a coherent goal or plan I don't know just like let's be tougher on guns and I, I I was really hoping for a while that a lot of those kids would pivot to like kind of like a you know socialist theory Actually, one of them did. I forgot her name. She, she endorsed Bernie. Um, she was for, like, the March for Our Lives group. Um, and, you know, she talked about, like, mental health, like, and guns, and just taking care of, you know, people in general, which would help to lessen, I don't know, I, want, I don't want to say, like, it's just because of mental health, but it's because of, like, because of so many factors a like, society like a social like it's a, a social sa- safety net like that like supports people um when they are feeling down when they're feeling vulnerable and so that they you know can get the services that they need so that they don't feel like one way of controlling it is by shooting up a bunch of people you know what i mean like right and it's definitely not video games because <laughs> as we as we just said you're in japan who's probably, like, the most famous video game country. Um, they have violent, yeah, video, violent video have games, it. violent anime. Yeah, exactly. And you guys don't have any shootings. So when I, anyone ever that says that, I just, I have to laugh. It's just so, so embarrassing to still, like, say that. That's such a, like, such a, like, wine, that's such a, like, wine mom, like, dumbass thing to say. Like, oh, in the video games well that's how that's how mainstream media has brainwashed entire groups of people every time that conversation comes up every time it's like oh i don't want to i don't want to you know go against what everyone else is saying i'm like everybody's saying that you're not unique that's like one of been one of the most like common excuses it's like oh it's not the guns at all it's like i'm not willing to say that it's definitely because we have so many guns here but i don't know what to do in that with that now right like it's definitely because we have way too many guns in this country but there's nothing you can like it's really a tough situation (laughs) i've never really because i mean i'm definitely like in favor of like leftists like Like the redneck revolt and stuff like that yeah redneck revolt or like socialist rifle association like it definitely like tons of uh of respect there what we need to do is do something about right-wing like violence because most of these people that end up doing it have like a right-wing sort of ideology like it's hardly ever like oh like a left-wing like it's almost always like right-wing domestic terrorism just like all terrorism in the last like 40 years is mostly like right-wing extremists it's like i think it's something like 70 percent it's like huge um and like only like 20% like Islamic extremism and then like, you know, a lot less for leftist extremism. 
I don't remember the last time I saw like uh, the breakdown on that, but I remember like leftist extremist violence like is so small. They tried to, to right wing. They tried to spin it so that it was like um, that the Dayton shooter because he was like kind of like pro Bernie or whatever, but he was like this huge fucking misogynist. Like, do you, right. you remember that guy? The no, Dayton, but Dayton shooter. He shot his own sister as well. Like they were out at a, uh, like oh yeah yeah. They went out to like these I... bars in Dayton, and he yeah like. The, I, he followed I a that, few pages on Facebook or something. Yeah, he he had a few things. They they tried to link him to Antifa as well. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was like come on, like but because right, he liked like a meme page, right? Yeah, I mean, and no, I mean, obviously it's gonna happen with everyone, but like it's way lot. It's not like a problem, right? And like he's an individual. It's not like multiple people are doing that. They also tried to do that with that Oregon guy that would like shot two people on the bus because he was a bernie supporter but then he went he was one of those bernie supporters that went to trump because he just hated hillary clinton right and he uh. hated the establishment and when he was on trial he was saying shit like Antifa, Antifa. so it's like you know he's not on the left he's a, like far-right extremist that for a second like bernie for like anti-establishment reasons right um but they that didn't really work out because yeah, at, he was literally at his court, in court, saying death to Antifa and like mm. death to like communists. So it's like yeah, he's clearly not one of ours. Yeah, they're they're gonna do this, but I mean again, it it comes down to access to firearms. Well, what do you do if you're already flooded the entire country with them everywhere? I mean, buy like, the access, even if you make it really hard to get it. You know, I, I mean, would you? definitely could do it it would make a little bit of it and it wouldn't be enough like there would need to be like voluntary buybacks you'll be able to buy some of them back uh, obviously that's not going people are going to still you know get them but then you close the loopholes you um but there'd be people, such a make people start to like you know have to register their guns like all right you have to register your guns if you want to sell this gun you have to change registration obviously that's gonna not going to take a lot of everything off the street not everything's going to get registered but from here on out everything that goes through like everything that is bought at a at a gun store that is bought at a that is bought at a gun show has to be registered to a certain person's name and i guess you could get fined if you sell it and you don't like change the registration so here in japan um bicycles have to be registered and so like i have like this like sticker that's put on my bike and um it's like you know has to be registered it has to be changed whenever i like move places and things like that um and so like i don't know like at first i was like wow that's kind of fucked up you know i have to go and you know spend the equivalent of five dollars to get my bike registered with like the ward and then i thought about it i'm like just like Oh shit, man! If they did that in, like, you know, Chicago, where half my friends have had their bikes stolen at least once, you know what I mean? Some of them have had their bikes stolen multiple times, and then they find that bike later, then you know people might be getting their bicycles back. So like, I don't know, not a, not like that's a perfect system either, but uh, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I honestly haven't looked too much, but. 
it's just even with all of that, there'd still just because there's so many already out there, there'd be a massive black market problem. Um, there already is though. That's true. That's true. I mean, yeah. I mean, gun shows in general are basically like the black market. Like I don't see how they're any different. Like they they have a loophole. Like they should definitely shut down, down yeah. that loophole. Yeah, I mean, like um, people people are you know scratching off serial numbers so that it can't be traced back to certain places. You know what I mean? Like they're already doing that shit. Yeah, they're like, I'll do that. Like for you, like just cost more money. Like I'll do anything you want. Basically, you just gotta pay for it. And it's like, so it's another way of like the rich, like kind of being able to get away with that kind of shit. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel like the gun control issue has been just put way on like the back burner. It wasn't really talked about. Like Beto, well, it's Beto kind of owned by. Yeah, because it's owned by clowns. Like the resistance on it is is being led by kind of like the more resistance like Dems that don't actually really want to do anything, but they kind of use it as like a you know an issue that. It's it's kind of like the way that the Democratic Party uses like abortion as like a kind of like a filler, like oh you know like we're strong on this, they don't have to really pay attention to anything else, you know. Um, they just pay lip service to it, you know. Yeah, they just pay lip service to it because they know that it's an issue that people want something done about. But I don't think that there's like a coherent movement pushing for those. Uh, are pushing like any i don't know i think i think in in general most democrats are like on the same side there but there's nothing they can do about it right now i guess is what they're thinking but i, I mean beto beto was like saying he's gonna like legitimately confiscate uh stuff and i'm like uh he wasn't he uh, was just trying to set him up himself apart from everyone else you know what i mean Right, he was desperate at that point. Yeah. He goes in and he, he says a few naughty words and then, you know, appears to act really tough. Oh, yeah, he was saying, like, fuck his tweets for a while. Remember that? Yeah. That was pretty funny. And he was, like, riding a skateboard. Yeah. And then his, uh, he was in a band with, like, the guy from Mars Volta, right? Yeah. And he fucking called his ass out when he endorsed Biden. He's, like, fucking coward, spineless, like, piece of shit, basically. Like, I'm sure that, yeah, all of his former bandmates think he sucks, which is good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he also made all of his money in, like, real estate, too, right? Like, that's how... Yeah, he's actually, like, more conservative than most... He's on, like, the conservative side of, like, the Democrats. Like, he's not even... Like, he's a third-way Democrat. He's, uh, you know, a blue dog. Yeah. Very, like, business Democrat, so... It just was funny for a while that he was getting branded as, like, you know, a young candidate, as if, like, he was going to eat into Bernie's young base, which clearly... Well, because, like, I mean, like, everyone thinks about, like, all the old people, the boomers and, like, the media types, they all think about it as, like, as personality. You vote for the person who you see yourself in uh personally not anything to do with policy but that's what was so different about bernie is that people don't like younger people don't give a shit i mean like bernie no, sanders it, bernie i mean it sanders makes them cringe 
Bernie Bernie Sanders is fucking like what like 78 79 year old fucking old Jewish dudes from Brooklyn like like he just says what like the same shit over and over again, right which He's, is like what everyone loves because they hate the pandering like that's why young people felt like Warren was like the obvious number two right for like a lot of young people but even like people that were supporting her in the beginning like got disgusted by her like just gross pandering and just like just embarrassing cringy shit she would always do or when she'd get pressed on anything she would just like fall apart right you know and just clearly lie about shit or like just do really cringy shit um like when she did the dna test oh god um or when she lied about like you know she got uh there was like charter school activists which is like awful right uh they interrupted her and then they're like didn't you send your kid to uh charter school and she was like no and then like later they were like oh wait no i actually she did <laughs> the campaign had to like correct it because they were like oh wait actually she did send her kid to charter school right so. Pe- people don't want that shit. <laughs> they want they want they want real things that can like will positively impact their life. That's the what they want out of politicians, which is what you should want out of your fucking politicians. Yeah, you don't want these like Kamala Hive people that are just like in love with the person for whatever reason. I don't know what's like, you know, or lo- in love with Hillary Clinton, like just because she's a, you know, powerful woman, you know, yeah. woman, or just because you know, Uncle Biden, you know, he's your uncle or like your daddy. Or like in the most recent well, listen case, here, like corn Andrew, pop. Yeah, or Andrew Cuomo, who they're like in love with, and they think his brotherly love with Chris Cuomo is just adorable, and that somehow makes him like, um, you know, relevant or good, or just like Katie <laughs> Porter asking a bunch of questions to the CDC head, asking some tough questions, and then all of a sudden everyone's like in love with Katie Porter. I need to look in more to her, but I've seen some not great stuff about her. I don't understand, like, the sudden, like, love affair with her. But it's just kind of, like, the same, same, uh, just like with Cuomo. Like, there's such low standards for, like, even, like, people that call themselves progressives. That they just, like, oh, Al Franken asked Jeff Sessions some tough questions. Like, let's make him president in 2020. You know, all, all there's always different people doing shit like that and most recently it was katie porter where she was like on sam samantha b and she was like i don't have i'm a single mom and like i shave my leg or like i don't have time to shave my i don't have time for bullshit and everyone's like oh my god i love her she said she doesn't have time for bullshit yeah so there is there are still a lot of morons that like love that shit but, yeah uh, i think there's a lot of people waking up from that too it's embarrassing though. It's fucking embarrassing. Like you should be watching sports or something. I remember I remember when I was like in high school and I was like, you know, I missed being able to vote in 2004 by like a month, like a month and a half. And uh I remember we did like the mock elections at school. And I mean like but... Oh, R- Randy Hopkins was Bush. Yeah. <laughs> and uh that was like one of the first times when like that was a big thing people were like who would you rather have a beer with george bush or would you rather have a beer with uh john Kerry?" and so many people wanted to rather have a uh a beer with george bush which 
makes sense because John Kerry was a fucking like wet rag. But like the fact that that's how people were choosing their president was just absolutely fucking ridiculous to me. And it's kind of like the, it's kind of similar to like, you know, usually when a crisis happens, it goes towards the president's favor. Right. So like at the beginning of the coronavirus, like Trump was, you know, his approval rating was going up just because people are dumb and desperate and, you know, look towards the leader just in general, like naturally, just like when 9-11 happened, Bush had like crazy, you know, high approval and like a crazy, uh, you know, people were in favor of going to war with like just about everyone and like we're in favor of like the Patriot Act um, because they're like, well, I'm not doing anything wrong, you know, that kind of attitude. And not really looking at to the, you know, all of the awful consequences of those actions. Like Bush should have totally lost after. That's what I'm worried because Bush obviously should have lost lost after you know lying us into a war. war. Right. Yeah. Um, not enough people like paid that close attention. Didn't like know like all about that yet. And I just, it's just low standards. Like, yeah, but like look, I want, they look towards the leader and they say some strong words and then they're like, All right, well, that's fucking great. I trust you. Well, they did. The Democrats didn't have a clear. Oh, and Kerry was so strong, fucking well, bad. Yeah. A clear, strong opposition as well. Like, I mean, I think like, I mean, like the problem is, you know, Joe Biden is so fucking bad, but at least that there has there's more uh, there's a lot more people in congress and these kind of uh the ideas that bernie sanders has been pushing have become so much more popular and like talked about even yeah even in congress right because they had nobody like on the left you know back then except for like bernie right and um yeah there's there's no, they're still, I mean, they're still making the same mistakes, right? Like Democratic voters that, like you nominate, you guys had your way, like the last, like, fucking. 40 years. Yeah, 40 years. Like you put in Kerry, you put in, um, you know, Clinton. That didn't work out too well, you know? And then you put in Gore, like all of these centrists that lost. And they would they would probably turn back and say like well Bernie couldn't even win the primary it's like well if you guys if if you, you weren't paying attention fit, that yeah. because yeah like right after South Carolina he got something like ten like five times as much like positive coverage from mainstream media and they were like just, like relentlessly calling him like that would never have happened if it was the tables were turned if someone else had won like the first three primaries like Bernie did they would have been treated like the nominee already. Just like they were starting to treat Biden like the nominee after he won one state. Like the, the media, totally. If you don't mention, I don't think, if you mention like why Bernie lost and you don't mention the media, I don't think you're looking at it honestly. Even like Bernie supporters that were mad that, you know, he didn't go hard enough against Biden, which I agree with. But I still don't think that that would have been enough. I think the rig and like fix was in and it was so powerful and like we couldn't overcome it. No matter what. Bernie did no matter how many times he said you know Biden can't win which is what I mainly think he should have said I don't think it was necessarily wrong of him to be like oh he's my friend but I think 
I think that was like somewhat of a strategy to try and win over like Biden supporters, which a lot of people would disagree with. But I think that he should have been relentlessly saying like Biden can't win. You know, he's definitely not going to win. He sucks. Like, um, and then kind of playing his supporters at the same time, being like, yeah, he's my friend, but he sucks ass. You know, he could have done it like both ways. And I just, the media, like consolidation and just the positive coverage and the negative coverage against Bernie was so relentless and it was so like powerful, especially with like the older generations that only pay attention to mainstream media and like haven't had an original thought their whole lives because they grew up during the Cold War. And so it's literally like the most, it sucks because it, it, it is hard to like admit that even with all of like the irregularities, like he did lose, right? And it's mainly because of the older generation that refused to give us like an inch. And, you know, now they're gonna learn that they're not gonna get it back. Like, no matter what we do, I know tons of people that are definitely not gonna vote for Biden. It's gonna be much worse than 2016. Yeah, I, I can't imagine Biden winning. Like, I just don't think it, like, is possible. Like, um, unless the economy just goes into a total depression, which is possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know. But even still in that situation, sometimes people want, you know, just to rally around the leader. So, we'll see. Yeah, I, it, it is depressing, and I'm trying not to think about it. I'm trying to kind of uh suppress some of those feelings but also just kind of you know have some distractions you know in my life uh luckily i'm still working so i'm still making money but also can use that as a distraction because uh, yeah man it fucking <laughs> it fucking sucks it sucks dude like a week well, like a month and a half ago, we were like on cloud nine. Bernie's going to win. Yeah, we were just like, through all of February, I was like feeling so good. And I was like, man, we're totally going to fucking win. Like, and then after Nevada, I was like, wow, we're fucking really going to do this. Like, everything's going our way. We got like 70% of the Latino vote. Like, 70, um, I remember last like numbers of like under 30. We have like 80, 75% or something like that. Like just destroying. I was like, I was like, man, Bernie's going to win South Carolina. I think he's going to win South Carolina. Yeah. Oh, how wrong, how wrong I was. But yeah, I mean like even recently I would like, I was like, you know what? If Biden, they all dies, came together. I, if Biden dies and Bernie's still on the ballot, then you know he's people a nominee, can just vote right? for Bernie. Well, he has I to mean, die soon, though. Yeah, he does have he to. He has die to soon. die in like the next week or two. When it when are the when are the, when are the when are the primaries being moved to? Because I they, I don't I'm not sure. Um, like a lot of them are mail-in ballot, right? So, uh, I don't know. I don't know when. I know some like push back to like May. So. But, I mean, at the end of the day, they all consolidated. And even, like, people that were in the race, like, towards the end, like, Tom Steyer, fucking asshole, was, like, running ads against Bernie because he was, you know, about, so like, socialism. And, like, they were all running ads against Bernie and, like, you know, making the case for, like, their 
philosophy or like the direction they want to go with the Democratic Party. And now those fucking assholes are gonna like be begging us all to like save them from another four years of Trump. And in a perfect world, like I wish we could just tell them like to like fuck off forever. And I think we have to. But at the same time I wouldn't like begrudge someone for, you know, voting for Biden, especially in a swing state. No, like, it's probably the it's probably the right move. But I don't have to and uh I don't know what I would do in that situation. I still, I still don't think you should be like giving up like that leverage. Um, and I don't think it matters what you do regardless, because um, he's just not gonna put together. Like, who's gonna call? Who's gonna make calls for him? Who's gonna like knock doors for him? Who's gonna? I've seen a lot of like memes and stuff like that where people are like Biden folks are being kind of mean, and someone is saying like, oh. I think you should change tactics when you're phone banking for uh, Biden. And they're like, phone banking? Or like making like, calls. I'm old. I can't make they're calls. Like, I can't walk around like that. You guys could help with that. And it's like, we're not fucking doing that. We would have done it if you would have been on the right side. Like, you should have voted for Bernie. And like, the idea, like what I said in the beginning of the episode, that you can like shame people and that they're going to like feel like they're, you're on like a morally higher level than they are they're gonna laugh at you because you didn't pick the clear choice on all of those issues or like the clear choice because they you know they try to make you feel bad like about you know what trump's doing which is terrible um but then you remind them that you know biden did a lot of that too and if you didn't vote for bernie in the primary like you could fuck off you were totally wrong and we were right like, he was the best choice we've ever fucking had and ever, like, will have. Like, he's the best choice in anyone's lifetime. Um, it sucks. Like, he was just... Yeah. He wasn't perfect either, but he was fucking perfect compared to all of your asshole candidates. Yeah. It wasn't close. It wasn't close. Not it sucks. All. If Warren didn't run at all... You know, we might be in a different situation, which is why I never will forgive her either. Like Warren and Obama, pretty much done, as far as I'm concerned. She should have ran in 2016 when we fucking wanted her to run. She would have had, she could have been on, she could have been, she could have had such a different, like, career. And, like, she could have been on the left. Like, they were trying to get her to run in 2016. And then she's like, no, I don't want to go up against Clinton, but I'll, uh, I'll make sure to not enforce anyone. So yeah. I can play nice, so I can play nice with the party, so I can run in 2020, which is what she's gonna do in 2024, and it's why she held out from endorsing Bernie. She fucking sucks. She give up. She doesn't give a shit about her policies. She cares about her brands and her career. And she's not going to do well. She's gonna no, fucking we're gonna... burn out. She's not gonna have like the support, um, especially if there's like. Uh, not a farther left we candidate. Need there, will be, there will be a there will be a farther left candidate than you know Elizabeth Warren. Um, you think so? I think In so. Twenty twenty four. I think so. I think um, I think there's gonna have to be. I mean, like, I think if no one does it, I think AOC might. Uh, I don't think she will. Because I mean, she. I don't think. See, that's the thing. I don't think AOC would go up against Warren. I don't think she has the, um, like, I think she would just be like, oh, I could work with Warren, you know, 
That's true. I mean, I guess it d- depends what happens in the next four years. When is Warren? Uh, when is Warren's seat up in the Senate? Because maybe she won't even survive. Right. She's not even a popular senator. Like she's. I remember there was like a least favorable and most favorable senators, and like Bernie's always number one, you know. And then there was least favorable, and she was like sixth least favorable. <laughs> like people in her own state, she got third in her own home state like that's a terrible sign right so, um, but I, so I don't think she's at risk though at the same time yeah that's true isn't one of the candidates running against ed like ed markey from the right i think so yeah joseph kennedy uh the third yeah he's no good um i remember he for a while they wanted him to like be the future of the party He's kind of like a Pete Buttigieg. Uh, talks good. I think he gave like the response to the State of the Union early on, uh, like maybe like the first Trump year. Um, but yeah, he's not good either. People, are, I mean, centrists were pushing it for him to run again in 2020, like three years ago. They're like, oh yeah, he's gonna run. Um. I don't know. I, I think it's going to be another crazy uh, amount of people. But uh, clearly Biden's not going to go, even if he did win, he's not going to run a second term. Like no. his vice president is very important because he even said, it's like they have to be ready to take over right away. It's like, what do you mean by that? Yeah. You know, you're going to, you know, you're going to deteriorate mentally. So no, he's just gonna—he's yeah. just gonna admit that he has dementia. Like he's just gonna admit that. Like, exactly. Exactly. Like he'll do it within like the first year, and then Kamala Harris or whoever—that's my—that's my pick. I mean, not my pick. <laughs> I know. I know what you're saying. That's my guess. Kamala Harris. I mean, I heard the most likely ones are Kamala Harris, Amy Klobuchar, Gretchen okay. Whitmer, and then uh, the, the governor of Michigan, or yeah, Michigan, and I forget the other one. Tammy Duxworth. No, no, Tammy Baldwin. 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 Tammy Baldwin. Tammy Baldwin, which would be probably the best out of those, but she's, yeah, still not. It's not even, like, a concession. Like, if he does any of those, it's not even, like, I guess if you could you could say in, like, the dumbest way he was making a concession to the left if he picked Warren, even though that, that wouldn't work right. either because the left, like, universally kind of hates Warren now. Yeah. Like, and, like, wants to primary her. <laughs> it, 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 it her would... because of like her betrayal at like such a crucial time like you know, it's never gonna forget it because i mean she literally did cost like i do think that if she would have gotten out consolidated he would have won like oh and super tuesday did you see yeah. Tr- trump tweeted that as well <laughs> yeah i know and just because he tweets that doesn't mean it's wrong yeah. um and it's totally true i mean she ate up so much at that time, like something like forty percent of her supporters were like, you know, had Bernie as their second choice and Biden wasn't their fucking you know going to Biden voters became more of a thing. Um after Super Tuesday. Yeah, because they're, you know, largely like richer liberals and like I don't know. I don't think that a lot of them were ever serious. There was also a huge element of like ex-Hillary supporters that were like with Warren and 
they still had disdain for Bernie. So they were there's a large chunk of her supporters were just with her because, you know, I'm with her and it's not Bernie. And they could say like, oh, she's just as good as Bernie, like on the issues, but you guys are toxic. And they could still act like they were doing, you know, good things because she was, you know, she claimed to be for universal healthcare for a while, even if she ended up walking that back. I mean, I mean, I mean, I used to defend her somewhat, but like, I don't know. Those days are over. Like, I would, don't care what she does. I hope she gets primaried by someone from the left. Oh, for sure. That'd be. That'd be great. I mean, who knows? I think she's old. Going forward, maybe. Well, going forward, though, I wouldn't. I don't think that should be like a huge priority either. Like going forward, the priority needs to be Jahid Batar taking out Pelosi. That'd be fucking that would be, great. That would be even more massive for like just as massive as like Bernie winning the presidency. If we got like a socialist in taking over Pelosi's seat, because um, that's what. I mean, if we took over the house, like the left took over the house, we could do some real shit. Um, so, I mean, I'm not totally giving up on electoralism, but I think that, you know, there's got to be much more power being built outside of it. But at the same time, still support people like Jaheed. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, like, that district is so small in San Francisco. Like, I mean, like small, like area wise, it's basically just San Francisco. And, um, I don't know. Like, it seems like it's, it's possible that he could actually, he could actually beat her. Yeah. But you got it. You got to expect that. Like he's got maybe even like just as hard of, uh, I mean, it is, a, it is an uphill battle for sure. Right. She's the leader of like, party basically and and people still know, love her yes have, queen moments you know so right and she'll get tons of money from outside as well as you know inside the state but so will he um but it'll be with from you know porsche monks mostly um yeah but he can actually lead the um like the canvassing teams and like having those uh like the grassroots uh, folks right, but, on his side again though biden won states on super tuesday where he didn't even have an office or like people on the ground there so that that only goes so far right like i think bernie's team did everything they could almost yeah right no. i know and I, they still couldn't come up because there's so many like robotic democratic voters especially with like the older generations that's just like Thank you, sir. I may I have another? They just do whatever. But what I'm saying is, like, being told. it's like a small, it's a small pocket, a small area, and you get, you know, some volunteers to go. That's true, you. and it is a very like progressive area too. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, it's, they are, it is I mean there's also very rich. Yeah, there is very like rich, like liberal capitalists there too. Silicon Valley also, folks, you know. There's also a lot of Silicon Valley, like, uh, socialist tradition, you know, I think. And they're, you know, seeing the effects of, uh, you know, gentrification and shit like that more than anybody. So I think it, it does make sense that a huge radical movement comes out of there. Definitely. So. 
yeah i mean it's cool uh hopefully i haven't entirely given up on electoralism but you know uh we gotta build things outside of that people are taking you know direct action and trying to uh start unions um to get hazard gear hazard pay as well so that's uh something that's positive that's outside of electoralism um people are striking yeah. coming together yeah support support whole work, whole worker right the instacart strikes those things uh happened they you know but things like that are going to continue to happen and we've got to support them and we've got to you know start thinking about how to do things outside of electoralism uh how to build a better a better country better better world better worlds and as, as americans um you know we need to support all of those people we also need to think about like the inter international like movement as far as like demanding like i think everyone in the west like canada and the u.s be demanding you know drop sanctions on these countries like venezuela or iran or cuba yeah um because they are hurting because of us and like they're, they're literally bleeding. killing they're, people they're literally like sending letters to like you know the average working people of the united states like pleading for them to do something about the government that's you know killing them and they don't actually, you know, hate us. They hate, you know, the government. They know where the um, they should point their frustrations at, and they know that the average person in the United States wouldn't really want that shit to be happening. They wouldn't want to be preventing people from getting basic shit or basic medical care, or basic medical supplies because of shit sanctions, because you know weapons deals or just because they randomly think of them as an enemy right so yeah stand with workers and stand with uh same with folks from different workers of different countries countries exactly yeah um cool yeah this has been episode four of anti-capitalists uh, I'm Joey. I'm coming to you from Tokyo, and with me is my brother David uh, from calling out of Aurora, Illinois. Aurora, Illinois. Um, so hope you like this one. Uh, we'll hopefully have this up on iTunes soon. And well, yeah, I'm waiting for the submission still. Uh, so I submitted it last Monday, I think. So I don't know. I, I guess it take, might take like up to two weeks, but yeah, so I don't know what you want to do as far as SoundCloud goes because I'm not sure we can get this one on SoundCloud if we want. I'll just up. I'll just pay for it. Yeah, how we'll much just, does it cost? Like six yeah. six bucks a month, I think. With they were running a special. Oh okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, because I think you have to do that anyways. Like, we're gonna have, have to do it anyways. Have, uh, yeah. With. Yeah. Okay. Well. Um. Cool. Sick tight. All right. All right. Talk to you later. Peace. Bye.